This is the Doubles Only Tennis Podcast, where you learn the best tips and strategies in the world to help you become a smarter, more effective tennis player. You'll hear interviews with pro tour doubles players and coaches, including easy-to-use lessons to improve your game and win more matches. In today's episode, we're going to cover how to improve from 3-5 to 4-0. So I'm talking, of course, about the USTA um, NTRP rating scale. And a few months ago, I did an episode on how to improve from 4-0 to 4-5, and I'm kind of working my way down. Uh, and today we're going to talk about improving from 3-5 to 4-0. Uh, but even if you're not a three-five player, I'm going to cover a lot of um, a lot of reasons that you might be stuck at whatever level that you uh, you are currently at, um, and I'm going to show you several uh, solutions to each of those reasons on how you can kind of get unstuck and, and raise your level um, by a half a point or more. So uh, we're really going to focus on the things I see at 3.5, but again, this is going to apply to um, a lot of you regardless of your level. Um, So the thing I'm going to do is uh, cover a bunch of examples, and what I'm hoping for you is, you know, not every single one of these is going to apply, but I'm hoping that one, two, maybe three of these really resonates with you, and you're like, oh, that happens to me all the time. Uh, and I'll be able to kind of illustrate it, hopefully in a different light for you that kind of um, kind of creates a little bit of a light bulb moment in your head uh, so that you can go out and practice differently or implement something differently uh, in your next match. So hopefully um, I'm able to do that here for you today. So the first thing we need to talk about is what are the differences between a 3-5 and a 4-0 player? And like I said, it could be a number of different things, but I wanted to start with the uh, USTA's um, NTRP characteristics of a 3-5 player. So um, I pulled up this document here that um, kind of outlines the characteristics of players all the way from 1-0 to 7-0, um, and we're right in the middle here at 3-5. So it says, this player has achieved stroke dependability with directional control on moderate shots, but still lacks depth, variety, and the ability to alter distance of shots. The effective use of lobs, overheads, approach shots, and volleys is limited. This player is more comfortable at the net, has improved court awareness, and is developing teamwork in doubles. So, that is the USTA's uh, kind of definition of 3-5. A few takeaways there for me are going to be um, has directional control. So that means you can hit your ground strokes, forehand, backhand uh, in either direction. You know, if you need to redirect the ball down the line or uh, continue to keep the ball cross court, you're able to do that. Uh, but lacks depth is a key there. Um, I would say that that's probably accurate for a lot of 3-5 players. They're not really trying to push the ball deep uh, back near the baseline. They're more just trying to get it directionally correct. Um, And then the uh, comments on variety. So um, lacks variety and the ability to alter distance of shots. So by variety, um, I take that to mean not only depth, but also 
uh, spin, pace, things like that. So you may not be good at that uh, off either wing, or maybe you're okay at it on your forehand, but not your backhand. Um, so lacking that variety uh, can um, keep you at that 3-5 level. Uh, and then it talks a little bit about lobs, overheads, approach shots, volleys, um, how they are limited. Uh, that's generally true, I suppose. Um, those improve, of course, as you uh, improve your game. I do not necessarily agree that uh, this player is more comfortable at the net. In fact, I would think that the opposite is true. Most 3-5 matches I watch players uh, really struggle at the net and uh, they don't like to come forward. They would rather sit at the baseline and hit from back deep in the court. So I'm not sure that that is accurate. Uh, And then as far as developing teamwork, I'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But I I really don't see a lot of teamwork at the 3-5 level in general. Um, And I'll talk about some resources uh, that I recommend as well as a little bit of advice um, later on. So continuing with this topic of differences between 3-5 and 4-0, just like the last episode when I did 4-0 to 4-5, we we have to break this down into two uh, different categories. The first being technically. So do you have a technical flaw or uh, an opportunity to improve your technique on a particular stroke? Um, Or is it something strategic or tactical that you need to adjust about your game that could get you to the next level? So for myself, for example, I study strategy and tactics so much that um, most of my limitations at this point are probably technical. Um, There's probably not a lot strategically uh, that I can improve Um, out on the court because I've studied it so much and I um, have experimented so much over the years that uh, I'm just not going to make a lot of strides in that area anymore. But um, technically, there's definitely some areas where I can improve on my backhand serve and and so on. So if we start with technically at the 3-5 level, uh, one thing I see is just more kind of glaring weaknesses. So when I'm watching a 4-0 match, I can see a lot of players don't really have trouble whether they're hitting a forehand or a backhand as far as at least getting it back and getting it you know, cross-court to that baseline player. Um, at the 3-5 level, uh, not all the time, but often I will see a player who maybe has an almost no backhand at all, uh, and their forehand might be a, a 4-0 or even a, a 4-5 level forehand. So they just have to run around their backhand all the time. And if they, uh, the opponent's able to get it to their backhand, it's a you know, 3-0 level backhand and they miss it um, a very high percentage of the time. So uh, that could be a technical issue if you're very, very weak on one wing. Um, you just need to work on that. Uh, and I'll talk about how to improve technique here in a little bit um, as well as some drills. But um, that's one difference I see at times between 3-5 and 4-0. Uh, another one is the serve. Um, in general, 3-5 players have weaker serves. Uh, a lot of times I see that there's no direction on the serve, so they're trying to either just hit it with pace or, um, especially on second serves, really just get the ball in. Uh, and I'll talk about some drills that can help you with your serve. Um, and if you have some technical flaws, then you, you'll have to kind of get that sorted out. Uh, I see a lot more double faults at the 3-5 level, so less consistent second serves. Um, and that's a big thing. You really want consistency on that 
Uh, second serve, obviously no free points um, is a, a big aspect of, uh, of good doubles um, that I see more so at the 4-0 level. Uh, just a lot less double faults in general. Um, and then missed returns is another one, especially against first serve. So like I said, on those first serves, a lot of 3-5 players, I'll see them hit with, um, especially on the guy's side, they'll they'll try to just hit with a lot of pace. Um, and the opponents will just miss a lot of first serve returns, um, regardless of if it's a, a, a guy or a girl serving and, and the pace of the serve. Just more return errors um, that may be because they're going up the line too much or uh, they have something technically wrong with their return. Maybe they're standing too far forward or too far back. Um, but missed returns is something I see a lot at the 3-5 level that uh, becomes a little more consistent at the 4-0 level. So that's definitely an area to practice that I'll touch on here in a second. So next, uh, tactically. So what can you improve strategically um, or what are the differences I see between 3-5 and 4-0? One is I don't, um, with a lot of players at 3-5, I just don't see a lot of net movement. So with 4-0 plus players, I see them more comfortable with their volleys and they know kind of a little bit more where to be on the court. Um, I was watching a match a few weeks ago, actually, um, and I think this was a 4-0 match. And there was a particular player who was very talented on the court, but um, they continued to stay around the service line and never got close enough to the net to put away their volleys. So unless the ball was really floated up pretty high, uh, they would try to put the put away the volley from near the service line, but the ball would drop too much and they would either miss in the net or have to lift the ball and, and miss it long or wide. Um, and if they had taken three or four steps forward, had better positioning, then they would have had a lot better volleys and that could improve their game from 4-0 to 4-5, for example. So I see that a lot at the 3-5 level, um, just a lack of movement and a lack of awareness as far as your positioning at the net. And I'll talk about how to improve that here um, in a second. But um, what a lot of players struggle with is they're, they're just moving back and forwards and not side to side enough. So um, we'll touch on that here shortly. Another area strategically that I see a difference is um, when I'm watching a 3-5 doubles match, I'll rarely see a team get both players up to the net. Um, I start to see that more at the 4-0 level. Uh, and the reason for that is, again, I, I disagree with the USTA here a little bit, um, I think 3-5 players are much more comfortable at the baseline. So if they get an approach shot, they will step forward towards that service line, hit it, and then retreat and fall back. Um, they're typically afraid to get lobbed. They don't know how to approach the net. They don't know where to hit that approach shot because maybe they struggle controlling their depth and direction a little bit more. Um, so that discomfort at the net prevents you from getting both players up at the net, which we know is a, a good position to be in in doubles if you can have both players at the net. Um, of course, you have to do it at the right time, which I'll talk about here in a minute. Uh, and then as far as the teamwork, I, I really don't see a lot of teamwork at the 3-5 level. Um, I know uh, the USTA said developing teamwork in doubles. Uh, developing seems a little generous to me. Um, I, I feel like most 3-5 matches I watch, uh, it'll be more 
you know, rally cross court, lob down the line, call a switch, and that's about it. There's not really any called poaches. There's not really any strategy to um, the uh, the serve games, um, no formations or anything like that for the most part. So I'll talk about how to um, start working on your teamwork if you haven't uh, done that in the past and haven't developed strategies with your partner in the past. Um, I'll give you some basic kind of uh, examples to start with, you know, things that are pretty easy that you don't have to kind of dive into, um, to, you know, five O plus level strategy. Um, so those are the big differences I see between three, five and four O. Uh, next I want to talk about how to improve a lot of those differences. So how should we go about improving from three, five to four? The first thing we have to do is learn how to diagnose the area of our game that we need to improve. So again, I'd like to break this up into buckets. It could be something you have to improve technique-wise. It could be something you have to improve uh, strategically. Uh, And I'll start with technique. Um, So if you have a particular stroke that you just don't have good technique on, that's going to be a big limiting factor for you. Uh, And The first thing you want to think about is working with a coach on improving your technique. And I've talked about in the past how I I think a lot of um, a lot of coaches tend to overcoach uh, technique. Um, The Inner Game of Tennis is actually a great book to read um, to help you choose a, a coach that will be a good fit for you. Um, one of the things I've noticed, for example, and, and I don't coach technique a lot because I understand, um, you know, having talked to and, and worked with some of the um, some of the top coaches in the U.S., I, I get how complex technique is, and it's just not something that I feel uh, like I have enough experience to advise on. Um, but if you're working with a coach, um, some things I've noticed that make a good coach technique wise one uh, they don't talk too much so during you know if you're doing a private lesson uh, you want to be hitting a lot of balls and typically I find the best coaches use targets as well and feed you a lot of balls and just have you kind of adjust on your own and, and just you know they want you to hit the target so if you're um, not getting down you know staying low for your backhand or not uh, you're hitting the ball, you know, too late or getting your racket back too late or something like that. So you're hitting it too far down the line instead of cross court. Um, They'll just let you make the adjustment by giving you a target out there. Um, So if your coach is spending too much of the lesson, just talking to you, then, then I would, um, I don't know, at least ask them to, to feed you some more balls, set up some targets with you. Uh, another thing I've noticed that a lot more of the top coaches are starting to do is use video. I talked about this a few weeks ago um, on the episode with Swoop Nil Sahai, who's the founder of the Swing Vision app. And using video for technique is so much more effective. Um, that's why all the top coaches and pros and college teams, um, they're all doing it. Uh, so if you can get a little tripod, get your cell phone or have a friend record you hitting your backhand if that's your weakness or hitting your serve if that's your weakness. Um, 
I guarantee that you're going to find things in that video that you didn't know you were doing. Um, you're going to be, you know, I've done this myself on my backhand and my serve. And every time I do it, I'm like, oh, I didn't know I was doing that with my foot or, oh, I didn't know I look like that. I, it feels different for me. Uh, and then seeing that visually helps kind of create a connection in your head um, as to exactly what you're actually doing and helps you fix fix that technique quicker. So um, a little bit of advice there on coaching and, and how to improve technique. Um, a couple of drills here. So if it's your serve you're struggling with, again, second serve consistency is a big thing I see at the 3-5 level. Um, go out there and set up targets. Uh, one of the best targets you can use for your second serve, um, especially if you're having trouble with consistency, is just go for the deep corners. So in the deuce court, that means going for that back left corner of the service box. In the add court, you're going for that back right corner uh, to the righty's backhand. Um, the reason going for the deep corners is good is because it um, it allows more time for the ball to drop uh, once it clears the net. So you'll make a lot more second serves going for those deep corners. Um, and it also creates a, a pretty difficult uh, second serve return if you're able to get depth. So um, what I like to do is put some lines uh, within um, three or four feet of the service line and try to hit my second serves past that line. So um, if you can get good depth on your second serve, that's going to be um, a really good uh, weapon to have. Um, and it'll help you generate more consistency. Uh, on the return, uh, like I said, I, I see way too many missed returns at the 3-5 level um, and for some players at the 4 level as well. Uh, just practice your weaker side. Go out there, have um, have an opponent or a partner um, hit some serves from uh, the service line so that they can hit with a little more accuracy and have them hit him, hit, hit the serves to your weaker side and just practice uh, a high percentage cross-court target, aim over that middle nut trap area. Um, I like to target, uh, target that singles line maybe four or five feet past the uh, service line if you can. Um, because most players are going to serve and stay back. Uh, and if you can get good depth on that return, then that's even better. Uh, and just practice that return on the weaker side. Uh, ground strokes, if you have a super weak backhand or a super weak forehand, um, a simple rally cross court with uh, your doubles partner can help. Um, and like we talked about uh in the episode I had with Euros Budamak a few weeks ago, you're going to feel uncomfortable in a lot of this stuff. And without feeling that discomfort, you're not going to be able to grow and improve these areas of your game. So rallying cross court uh, is a great way to um, work on your backhand or your forehand. Uh, one great game for uh, three, five, four level players, um, even higher than that, is uh, play points cross court with your doubles partner. And you can just feed these. You don't have to serve. Um, if you want to practice serving returns, that's good too. And you can play to 11 or, or whatever um, whatever you want to go to and get in that cross-court rally and focus on depth. Um, depth I've talked about a few times here, uh, but you'll play cross-court, um, that center service line, and then create an imaginary line across the center of the court. Um, the doubles line is good. So that's... Um, that's what you'd consider in, so just half of the court. You play cross court. Any ball that lands past the service line 
you'll stay back on. But as soon as somebody leaves a ball short, if it lands in front of the service line, uh, that player who has the short ball has to approach and come forward. And you continue to play the point out and you can play to 11 or 15 or whatever. And that'll help you work on your depth on your ground strokes. It'll help you work on your approach shots uh, because you have to come to the net. Uh, If you don't, you lose the point. Uh, And it'll help you work on your volleys as well. So um, you see that short ball, you approach the net, you come in, you get some volleys. Um, So that'll be uh, a really great game to work on some of those ground strokes as well. Uh, And then if you're struggling with your volleys, if you're not comfortable poaching, um, volleying against a wall is a great place to start. Uh, If you don't have access to a wall or um, maybe you're not comfortable hitting against the wall because it does require a little bit, um, you know, it shortens your time that you have to react. Um, You can just do some touch volleys with your partner. If you can find a, a doubles partner who's maybe better at volleys than you and they can just volley back and forth with you. Uh, that will help a lot. And just make sure you're using the right grip. Uh, For most players, that's going to be the continental grip. Uh, I know some advanced players might use um, a slight variation of the continental grip, but make sure you're using the right grip on your volleys and just do some touch volleys up at the net so that you feel more connected with the ball uh, and feel a little bit more comfortable with those volleys so that you're a little better at the net. So Um, that's it for technique. If you have any questions on that, don't hesitate to reach out to me. Uh, But next, I'm going to talk about my favorite topic, which is strategy. So how can we improve strategically to get from a 3.5 to a 4.0 level? Um, So I broke this down into individual uh, strategy and tactics and then team strategy and tactics And I'm going to start with the individual because you can really improve on the doubles court as an individual with your shot selection, with your movement, things like that. Uh, And then, of course, you can improve as a team with your communication, uh, creating a game plan, knowing your partner, uh, that sort of thing. So individually, how can we improve? Uh, The first area that I feel like a lot of 3-5 players struggle with that, that they can improve is net movement, like I said earlier. So Some players get the forward and backwards movement. So if you're not familiar with this, I've talked about it on previous podcast episodes with several guests, but if your partner is hitting, let's say they're in a cross-court rally, while your partner's hitting, you should be back um, around the service line area, maybe just inside of it. Uh, The reason for that is if they hit it at the opposing net player, you need to be prepared to defend because that ball is going to come at you pretty fast and you're not going to have a lot of time to react. So by moving back closer to the service line, you've bought yourself a little bit more time to react. Now, when your partner hits that ball cross court, you should start to move forward, especially as soon as you know that the opposing net player is not going to have a volley and that ball is going to get to the, uh, the player at the baseline on the other side of the net. You should be moving forward, getting closer to the net, applying pressure to the opponent. So that's how you'll move forward and back. And then laterally will depend on uh, the quality of the ball that your partner hit. Now, if your partner has a short forehand and you know they like their forehand, uh, odds are you can probably go ahead and start to move forward and move laterally kind of towards the center of the court because 
if you force that opponent to redirect the ball down the line off of your partner's short forehand, they're probably going to miss that shot because your partner uh, just hit a really good uh, short forehand, which is one of their strengths. Uh, Other things you can look for is depth. So if your partner hits a shot and pins the opponent deep, if you see that ball cross the net and you see it's about to land really deep in the court and the part or the opponent is kind of way behind the baseline, um, you can wait until they start to swing and you can move to the side um, towards that center net strap area to um, either pinch or kind of poach um, on that shot so that you can get an easy volley. Uh, you can also fake. So um, faking is a great way to get in the opponent's head. Uh, what that would look like is as the ball crosses the net and goes towards the opponent, um, or maybe right before it lands, you can move towards the center service line area and then recover over towards the doubles alley uh, for a volley if the opponent does redirect that ball down the line. This will force a lot of errors. Um, this will get you a lot of volleys. Uh, and when you do all of this, you want to make sure that you're pretty close to the net to make sure it's an easy volley. But again, you're moving forwards and backwards, uh, kind of following that ball, and then side to side based on the quality of the shot that your partner hit. Um, you also want to consider the angle that the opponent has. You know, if they have a short ball um, from the doubles alley or from outside of the doubles alley uh, on their stronger si- stronger side, then they're probably going to be able to redirect that down the line pretty easily. So you might want to cover the line a little more. But if they're deep in the court, closer to the middle of the court, you can give up a lot more of the alley because they don't have a great angle. So um, that is a few tips on net movement uh, that you can start with um, on an individual basis. Uh, A couple other things to focus on as an individual um, as far as tactics go. Uh, Consistency from the baseline is a big thing. So um, this really has to do a lot with shot selection. Uh, A lot of players at the 3-5 level are just going down the line too much. Um, Sticking with a solid cross-court shot is is typically the better play from the baseline. Um, Winning the point from the baseline in general is going to be a a bad strategy. And uh, if the opponent does poach and beats you a few times, then you can start to think about hitting down the line or or lobbing them, things like that. But typically, if you hit a solid cross-court shot at the 3-5 level, the opponent's not going to be able to do a whole lot with that volley when they poach um, because for the most part, they uh, they either don't have strong volleys or their positioning might be off. They may not be close enough to the net like we talked about earlier. Um, so make them beat you a few times before you uh, try to redirect that ball down the line uh, and really work on that depth um, and moving forward, approaching the net when you get a short ball. Um, Staying kind of being stuck at the baseline is definitely a characteristic of a 3-5 player. And if you can kind of expand your comfort zone there a little bit, anytime you see a short ball and you can get a a solid forehand on it with good depth at the base uh, baseline player, um, practice approaching the net and uh, and working on your volleys up there. Um, And then the last thing you can do individually is really just study the opponent. So when your partner's serving study the returner, um, see if they're comfortable with their forehand versus backhand return, see which direction they hit each of those. 
A lot of players only like to hit um, their forehand and backhand returns across their body. So that means when they're in the uh, ad court, for example, that backhand is going to go cross court every time. So you can kind of read that and start to call some poaches or pinch towards the middle a little bit more to help your partner out. Um, While you're serving, you can do the same thing, studying the opponent. Uh, During the point, you can ask yourself questions like, you know, should I have hit that ball somewhere else earlier in the point? Um, Did that opponent uh, have trouble with that backhand volley? Um, Do they like their forehand or backhand better in general? Um, Things like that. So really studying the opponent on a regular basis um, can kind of work that strategic muscle and help you start to develop a game plan a little bit better. Uh, So next I want to cover starting to play like a team because this is um, definitely the level where you should probably start to work on teamwork a little bit more. Uh, And in my mind, I think that really starts with surf strategy. So for the most part, three, five players are not uh, communicating with their partner as far as serve strategy goes. They're not calling poaches. They're not calling serve locations like the higher level players will do. Uh, and I think the simplest way to start with this, um, you can call serve direction if you're comfortable with it. So if you're comfortable saying uh, just pointing serve to the backhand or serve to the forehand, you can do that with hand signals or uh, just talking to your partner between points. Um, But if you can't do that, I would just start with hand signals on uh, for the net player, whether they're going to stay or poach. And you can do that with a closed uh, hand. So just, you know, you uh, create a fist behind your back and that means stay. And then an open hand. So um, like you're doing a high five or something, just an open hand uh, behind your back means poach. And I would encourage you to Try to poach one time per game Um, and talk with your partner about that. Um, First serves are going to be better times to poach. Uh, In the deuce court might be a little bit easier for you uh, since you, if you're right-handed, you have a forehand volley in the middle. Um, You might want to do it on low risk points. So if you're down break point, um, 1540 or something, you might not call it. But if you're up 30 love or up 40 love, Uh, you might do it on that point because you have a little bit of a margin to work with. So um, practice poaching, practice calling the poach, um, and be sure when you do poach, make sure you stay close to the net um, so that it makes for a little bit easier volley. Um, Some of those poaches, you might hit the ball off your frame, but if you're close to the net, the ball's going to go over anyways, and a lot of times it'll uh, go over for a winner. So um, practice poaching. It's definitely a skill you need to develop to get to the 4 level. Um, I have a blog post uh, on how to poach, including some of the best times to poach. So I'll include that uh, in the show notes as well. Um, go to uh, vtennistribe.com slash podcast, and you can find this episode uh, in the show notes. Uh, and another thing you can do with serve strategy is try different formations. Um, I almost never see at the 3-5 level different formations. So you can try Australian formation when you where you and your partner are lined up on the same side of the court and then you cover the down-the-line return. Uh, or you can try an I formation where your partner is kind of crouched um, around that center service line area and they will either move to their left or to their right and you'll cover the other half of the court. 
uh, and that'll really throw the returner off, um, and it can help you hide your weaknesses. So I run it a lot on the ad side, for example, because I don't want to hit a backhand ground stroke. So if I can force the opponent to hit a down-the-line return from the ad side, I'm able to hit a, a running forehand ground stroke, uh, which is a little bit stronger shot for me. So um, you can hide your weaknesses with some of these formations as well. And then the last thing to focus on team-wise is really just knowing your partner. So before the match, chat with your partner, uh, ask them, you know, where do you like to serve? Um, do you prefer your forehand or backhand ground stroke? Uh, based on that, you might say, hey, we can try this, this different formation so that you can hit more of your favorite ground stroke. Um, what side do you like to return on? Do you prefer to play from the baseline or at the net? And you can start to formulate a game plan and figure out how to position yourselves so that you can hide your weaknesses, accentuate your strengths, um, and create a, a game plan against the opponent. So uh, working together and, and focusing on kind of teamwork and, and developing that muscle um, is definitely something to get you to that next level. Uh, two great uh, podcast episodes from the past are uh, one Jorge Capas was the Jorge Capistani interview. Um, we'll link to that in the show notes. He um, actually gave us a free PDF that you can fill out and go over with your doubles partner. Um, so that's a, a really good episode that we'll link to. And then the uh, interview with Gigi Fernandez was a good one as well. Um, that's a really great strategy episode for three five-level players. Um, she was a, um, I think, 17-time Grand Slam champion, and she now coaches club-level players. So she's got a great perspective on all of this. Um, so hopefully this helped you think about um, a couple areas of your own game that you can focus on uh, and try to improve, whether it be through drills or through working with your partner or um, through better strategy. Uh, if you do have any questions, you can always reach out to me. My email is will at thetennistribe.com, um, and I will uh, definitely reply with any resources or advice that I have. Um, but uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And um, yeah, that's it for this one. So I will uh, talk to you next time. If you're a doubles player, you'll love our weekly strategy newsletter. Every Thursday, I send you my best doubles tips, tactics, and strategies that you can use in your very next match. And when you sign up, I'll also send you a free 20-page ebook that has my favorite doubles tactics for forcing errors and getting more easy volleys at the net. Go to thetennistribe.com slash newsletter to sign up now.